Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Shedcast brought to you by Putting It Together. My name is Elaine McNichol, and this season you all have the pleasure of listening to my dulcet tones taking you through our wonderful Shedinburgh Fringe lineup. We are on day four here at Shedinburgh, and I'm starting to get into the swing of things, I think. I have to admit, at the start of the week, I was feeling a bit like, um, I was feeling a bit, a bit mad, you know, taking on a new role and obviously filling, filling the shoes of Brian O'Sullivan, which is a, which, which he is a hard act to follow. So it's been a bit of a, a bit of a week, but I think I'm starting to feel quite settled in all of this. So that's just, which is good. I'm feeling good. And I think that kind of manic, manic vibe kind of sits quite good with a, with a fringe, do you know what I mean? So, yes, but all is well, all is well now. Um, so, last night we had Rosa Hesmanhal with us performing Madam Overy. And tonight we have Iphigenia and Splot by Gary Owen, performed by Sophie Melville. So, Iphigenia, Iphigenia is one of our Greek heroines, can we call her that? Um, Iphigenia is the daughter of Agamemnon who is sacrificed or not depending on which version you see I always just thought she got the big pap and she was indeed sacrificed but apparently it depends which one you watch but she was sacrificed so that Agamemnon, her dad could could get his troops to Troy so yes, that's um, that's the kind of powerful powerful kind of Greek stuff that we are dealing with and and this piece definitely, definitely packs the punch of the traditional Greek tragedy. It's it's amazing, and all of those big themes are in there, in in a modern, in a modern setting, which is splot with our modern Effie we have in this in this piece, and um, what a powerful performance that was by Sophie Melville. Amazing stuff. I I thought it just worked so well in the shed, just sat on that seat with the script. It was really powerful and the performance shone through just as just as much. Um I think it helps when you've got a script that is so powerful and it can stand alone like that. It was interesting to hear that Sophie had recently recorded it as a as a, as an audio an audio book or an audio play an audio play of course it's a play so it would be an audio play um because it does stand alone like that so well the the script is just so visceral and and everything about it lends itself to that kind of reading so that was what we got in in our shed today and I absolutely loved it I could I could watch it again and how relevant the piece is I mean I think it will always be relevant because unfortunately it seems (laughs) That themes like austerity and, and the sacrificing of people will always be relevant when it comes to the the human race. But I think especially after COVID, we can really see a difference in in the in the classes if we want to use that that word. But it's it's true. Um, the austerity after that, and if if you're poor, you don't matter. Apparently, and that kind of seems to be the the Britain we are in at the moment, which is. Um, which is terrible and and frustrating, but um, 
yes and the, and the cuts and stuff it's it's all kind of seems to be just as relevant today which is which is sad um but yeah it was a it was a brilliant piece and i hope you all i hope you all enjoyed it as much as i did so if you're looking for tickets for Shedinburgh, get yourself onto Shedinburgh.com where you will find our schedule and all the times, everyone who we've got coming up, get on there, get all the information you need and get yourself tickets because you don't want to miss any more of this if you have missed some of it already. So now it's time for my guest of the day. It is Sophie Melville and we are putting it together. Apparently, it's Ephigenia if you were Greek. But Amazing. you know, we're not. We are not. Ephigenia. Ephigenia and Effie yeah. for, for all of us. Fantastic. So tell us a bit about your journey with with this piece. Oh, God. Um, it's been a big one. Uh, I started it in 2015. Uh, we were doing it in Cardiff in the Sherman Theatre. And then we went to Edinburgh and uh, then we went back to Cardiff. Then we were at the National for a bit, then we went to the Schaubrunner in Berlin, and then we went to New York and did it. So, Amazing. oh, I just love it. Like, it's it's a gift of a play, like, to be able to, to do absolutely everything that you've got in your, in your acting toolkit is just, it's so rare to get that, and it's something that whenever I get the opportunity to do it again, I'll always be like, yeah, of course I will. That's amazing. It's so it's so brilliant, and it's also lovely to hear your passion for something that's been, you know, for so long. You've yeah. been doing it for so long, and you still. It sounds like there's always something new yeah. to find in it, which is also, I guess, a sad thing because it is so much about austerity, and you know the difference in the class in the classes that mm-hmm. we have in the UK, and the fact that that's actually gotten worse since COVID. You know, I thought back then when we were doing it, I thought it was pretty bad, but actually it feels so timeless as a piece and it unfortunately feels like it'll always be relevant. And actually, as you say, with with COVID, it's kind of came into its own mm-hmm. again. Yeah. It's yeah. quite amazing how the piece unfolds very yeah. slowly until you've got, you know, the end when it all kind of kicks off. But again, it's a story story of a young woman is mm-hmm. how it begins and how that that kind of changes shape yeah yeah and it was also really lovely to play someone who you know the audience will hate to begin with <laughs> you know not trying to to be nice and I think mm-hmm. you know as as women you tend to you want to be liked a lot so it's really nice to have a part where you can just be a bit like I'm really gross and I want you to hate me because that's the point of the story isn't it that we shouldn't judge because we don't know we don't know what someone's life is like until you've been in their shoes right absolutely how did you find today going into the shed a completely different venue a different way of delivering it I take it yeah yeah it's hard whenever I mean we obviously because of COVID are filming so much theatre and Iphigenia is a, is a theatre piece. It's, it, you know, it thrives with an audience there. So to not have a, an audience, you know, apart from people that are just working on the show. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> That's, that, that was really difficult because, 
you know, to to really provoke an audience and to see them kind of going, oh, I really don't like this person, or to have them gasping and stuff, it like that properly fuels your fire as a performer, you know, in any show, but I feel like especially a one-person show and if you are directing, it's direct address to the audience, like to have them there is great. But I think what you do get when you're being filmed is that intimacy so there are moments in the play that are supposed to be quite quite big you know she has a lot of bravado but then there are really small intimate quiet bits and I think they really thrive because you don't need to project and you you know you're not trying to fill the whole space with what you're doing because the camera will pick it up so that feels amazing to do that but it's a weird it's a weird hybrid but you know so so lovely to be in that little shed it felt like a almost like a bit of an armor because I was inside it it felt like I was being held (laughs) by the shed which was really lovely and yeah just great great to get to say the words again well it's it was amazing watching it obviously you were sat you're sat in a a seat you you have the script yeah and you're almost you're basically a vessel for the words yeah at that point we always are but you could see just how you know, when you have someone sitting in that kind of stripped back mm. arena with just the script, the script is it just comes to life. You know, the how visceral the script is, the yeah. description, even the characters you met, yeah, the way you describe them, the beats of sweat, everything. <laughs> you're with you one hundred percent of yeah. the time. You know that girl, don't you? And I, I don't think all. it's just you know specific to to Wales like she's she's everywhere she's yep. so universal as a character I'm so glad I'm so glad it you it, you know it read for you because it's always a weird a weird one to do and how did you feel about doing the stripped back version was that something you were completely on board with or you know was it another way you kind of wanted to try it well when we did it originally for the stage there was a lot of movement in it and it was it was basically kind of a dance and a play at the same time. Like it was so choreographed, but it felt I made the decision to not do any any movement, even though the guys in there they were like, you know, you can you can <laughs> you don't have to stay sat. But I think it needed to be all or nothing. So to strip it back felt odd at times, but actually surprising how much movement you do without moving your body. Do you know what I mean? Just just in terms of like the change inside you like it it felt very physical still so it didn't feel to me like I was missing it too much because I I almost had that muscle memory and like you could feel the sort of without sounding really wanky like the chemistry change in your body like that Mm -hmm. energy and the fizz and all of that you still feel it regardless of whether you're like running across the stage and you could you could see that there's one one particular moment I'm thinking about you're kind of because you're in this really powerful kind of beautiful kind of seated position as well Mm. it was just and your hand kind of shot up and I can't remember the exact point and I just thought it was like wow that was you could see the kind of origin of that in your feet and mm. shooting right up to the top of your hand even just from being sat oh good it's, I don't even know when I did that great it's, 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 it's just really really interesting because again it's one of those pieces you could watch it a, a few that I've seen it once never been able to read it so it's, it's a big piece mm-hmm. it's a yeah. big old can you maybe for for me for our for our listeners maybe explore some of the themes of it for us yeah I get I mean the main theme is austerity mm-hmm. 
but uh, it's also about not being alone. It is about the people that you have around you and it is about love and it is really about loss, but it's mostly about just not judging other people Mm -hmm. and being compassionate and having empathy and yeah, just, you know, helping other people. Well, that kind of the theme to, to go back to the theme of of austerity, you know, that kind of comes out just right at the very very end of the piece, yeah. and the way it comes out is 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 fabulous in the writing and stuff. And we go back and we pick all the characters come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's got that kind of perfect story. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Iphigenia and Spot we're, we're with the Greeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When are we not with the Greeks? But <laughs> exactly, it's. It's really amazing the way you've got all the different kind of layers of a tragedy mm-hmm. in there yeah. as well. And the way the Greek messengers will narrate as well. It feels like very fleeting at times, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because it's quick sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the revenge. I've got some very strange notes written down. <laughs> Poisoned baby. You know, yeah, all yeah. these like lots of, lots of big things. Greek mm. themes mm-hmm. coming through that it, which is really interesting to watch and what is a modern piece yeah being you know a modern piece in a modern theatre but these amazing themes kind of pushing through and these are the perfect stories yeah yeah because we, we feel that as human beings that doesn't just you know doesn't just belong to the Greeks or mm-hmm. in Shakespearean plays it's you know that's what we're like and it, it never, I don't think it ever felt or ever feels like it's too big. You know, it feels just like this woman mm-hmm. is going through so much stuff, so many huge emotions, as we all do. Yes, mm. that's so true. It's the kind of, the, the tragedy is in, is in everyday kind of living, Yeah, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Um, so you've only came back to this piece after quite a long break yeah I've not I did it for an audio play in 2018 ah that's quite interesting when you say you've done it in a kind of audio way after watching it because that was almost a little bit like watching watching an audio oh really yeah yeah it's um, so mm -hmm. still mm. but it's it's incredible watch it was incredible to just listen to you and watch the story kind of come come through Mm, your body Oh, good. Yeah, we did it uh, in 2018 for an audio company. (laughs) Audio company. (laughs) Others are available. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Shan't name names. And uh, before that, we finished it in New York in 2017, which was nuts. Just being on your own, but also, you know, quite a lonely play to do. And I was out there by myself as well because they're quite strict about taking stage managers and things. So I was on my own and they, they brought in a stage manager to, to work on the show. Ah, so you you went out. How did you how, how did you come to be a part of this? Is it a collaboration between you and the writer? Or no, is it... no. So I, I just auditioned for it. So the director, Rachel O'Riordan, I had worked with on Romeo and Juliet at the Sherman that she was doing. And then I just had an audition through for this. And I remember I'd just moved to London. I was living in Stratford in a, a horrible flat with people that I didn't really want to be there with. And it was really <laughs> expensive. And I was working in TGI Fridays and also doing promotion work in the morning. So I just like was working 
all hours under the sun and got this audition through and was like, oh my God, I have to do this play. Just reading it over and over again and be like, I need, like I need to do this. And I had to learn seven pages of it for the audition. And I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> and went in there and was just like, you know, emptied my heart in that room and was like, please, <laughs> let me do this. And then thankfully got the job and yeah, it was with the Sherman Theatre at the time and uh, yeah, took it everywhere really, which was just such an incredible experience and so important, you know, an important play. That's the theatre that I love, stuff that that can make a difference, stuff that people will watch and go, oh, I know that girl mm-hmm. or I'm that girl, you know, because I, I basically grew up in a very similar area to Splot where the play is set. So, you know, just representation is so important, isn't it, in the arts and just going, oh, okay, like, there are, maybe there are actors, actors, actresses, whatever, watching this character going, I'm, I'm a bit like her. I, I do belong in the theatre. I do belong mm-hmm. on the stage, you know? It's, yes, and you say about these people in these places, the themes going through, it's like how much more can these, how much more can these places take mm-hmm. with cuts? Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously that comes through, through in the play and we've seen that through Corona how the cuts to the NHS and the system and stuff have basically left us on our knees. And it's these, you know, places that aren't central London, Mm -hmm. central Manchester, you know, Manchester's building at the moment as well. But then you've got the surrounding parts, you've got places that are just completely forgotten about. Yeah, yeah. And that's continuing. Yeah, absolutely. My mum works in a shopping centre in Swansea and she was Mm -hmm. like, all the shops are going... It's just, yep. an, it's just going to be a shell. Yeah, but Paisley's the same place I'm from, just outside Glasgow. Yeah. It's exactly the same. You think you've got to do something because th- these are real people who deserve the same life as someone who can afford a flat in central London, yeah. which is amazing. I yeah. love London. I am not for bashing London at all. <laughs> it's not such an amazing place. So. But um, It's not fair, is it? No, because everyone deserves to live a life mm-hmm. of respect and dignity. Mm-hmm. And, if, and that's some that's as we see as the themes of the play show is not always is not always the case yeah, can't help where you're born can you nope absolutely not so let's have a, a little chat about um where does can you try and <laughs> explain to me <laughs> and on. the listeners where Ephigenia the Ephigenia that we know as the daughter of Clytemnestra and Agamemnon, who's sacrificed or not sacrificed, depending on which version of it you see. I always thought she just was. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know she was allowed to survive oh. in any of the other ones. I was like, oh, that was nice of them, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Good old Iphigenia. Um, where is Iphigenia in this story? Uh, she is she is Effie, I guess, but also Effie's daughter and also the, the payout that was... Uh, coming from the NHS, it's it's the sacrifice. It's it is that, and it is also the storytelling, like the Greeks, and it is all about family, and it is about you know sacrificing people for for something that you don't necessarily, you shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, most mostly to do with the baby, and to do with yeah, what we have to sacrifice if we are are born you know, not as, as well off as other people. Iphigenia is almost every character. Yeah, yeah. But I think mo- it is sort of, she's the sacrifice of 
working class people. Mm -hmm. I don't think it is really anything to do with, well, sacrifice is universal, but Mm -hmm. specifically in this play is, yeah, it's the sacrifice of the working class. Yeah. And how do you, how do you relate to the kind of working class themes in the play? Like, do you have a kind of understanding of of that yeah 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 I grew up working class well criminal class actually but shan't shan't say too much in the in case the police turn up (laughs) (laughs) they're on their way (laughs) I'm on the phone for (laughs) no get around so yeah I mean yeah I totally know those girls and Mm -hmm. feel like I very very nearly was those girls like I'm I'm so grateful and I mean, that's no disrespect to people who are living their lives same. like Effie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I'm just very, very lucky. And it's hard because my sister hasn't been as lucky, so she's sort of still stuck there. And then you get that weird, like, I don't cry. I don't know if you feel this as well, but when mm-hmm. you go home, you're like, fuck, I just don't. I don't fit in there anymore because I've moved to London and I'm an actor, I work in the arts, you know. Mm-hmm. But then also feeling like so much imposter syndrome being around wow <laughs> you could hard, right yeah you could just be telling my telling my little story there <laughs> it's so difficult and then you sort of, I, th- I mean as human beings I think we're sort of obsessed with where we belong and I think when you come from one extreme and then you're living in in the other extreme you really don't know where you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to behave yeah you have a bit of an identity crisis on a daily basis like, I'm forever like, did I just pay four quid for a coffee? <laughs> oh, my God. Yep, I could have made that myself in the house. You know what I mean? Like, I'd never tell my mother I spent four quid in a coffee. Yeah. It's yeah. so interesting you say about that, where you've where you've came from and where you're you're going and the imposter syndrome and mm. that. I, I get that as well. I'm from a, a working class area. And, again, you go into something like the arts and then you change so much. Mm. So you have... You, you do change and then it's when you take that version of yourself back there it's where that where that fits in and mm. how it's it's a very interesting dynamic yeah, yeah, yeah and then you're trying to sort of adapt and change your behavior to not offend people back home like I find that a really difficult one you know trying not to sound like a snobby <laughs> twat <laughs> do you know I'm yeah. like oh god can I please have oat milk yeah not milk from a cow god <laughs> Oat oh, milk. Yeah. It tastes nicer though, Delicious. I think. Yeah, See, when it's stuck I, in your throat. Mm-hmm. So, when I drink normal milk now, I'm a bit like, this is very rich. Yeah, it's like cream. And on the odd occasion where I have the blue milk. Oh no. I'm like, oh, this no. is like a dessert. Yeah. It's like creme brulee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> like, mm, delicious. Oh, well, thank you so much, <laughs> Sophie, you. for speaking to me. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thanks. It's great to get to sit down with the artists right after they come off stage and kind of have a bit of a a debrief with them and find find out what they think after having been with the piece for so long. It's, it's interesting what you get as an audience member, seeing it for the first time and then getting to pick the brain of someone who has been thinking about this piece for, for such a long time. So it was really great to, to speak to her. If you have missed any of the Shedinburgh 
Fringe. I implore you to get on to Shedinburgh.com and get your tickets for the rest of the festival because there are some cracking acts coming up. Harry Hill, and he is performing Harry Hill's Noise, which is an antidote to podcasts. Uh, it's, it's going to be live and Harry is going to be here performing that for us. And after that, you will get to hear Gary McNair, the man himself, interviewing Harry Hill all about all about the piece and, and the Edinburgh Fringe and whatever else they're going to get, up, get, get chatting about. I do not know. So this is all very, very exciting. Um, and I can have a little day off, night off, you know, have a little bit of respite. Um, <laughs> so that's it for another episode of Shedcast brought to you by Putting It Together and the Shedinburgh Fringe. Bye bye for now. Mm-hmm.